Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We are live over at Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube or Facebook. Or maybe you're listening later wherever fine podcasts are sold. It's all good. And we're excited to see you. We have a packed show for Uh, you this evening. I love it. So many, so many guests on the show. Uh, it reminds me of the old yep. days, back when we used to meet in person and uh, sit together with in an person? array of guests. Remember that? No. Yeah. That's I'll tell you what, to... we should either put, tell our guests to sit all on a couch together, if we can do that. That might be tough because they're in different places. Or we could sit on a really uncomfortable chair to get that experience of our live show. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> one, but... one show that's just really fall, falling apart. We sat on a couch the whole time, Alex. You had to, as the you put yourself center stage in an uncomfortable chair, so you could stay fresh. I did. That's true. I'm in an uncomfortable chair right now, so I still got the feel of it. Uh, real quick, before I, we bring our guests in, I wanted to mention actually this week's drink right up top. Mm. Cool. Oh, you want to put it up top? I want to put it up top. Um, you made it, Justin. So this I did. is Stray Bullet, our CBC chef. Stray Bullies. Chef. He makes a drink. Every week, either he curates something or he creates something himself. Uh, this week, it was actually created by one of our Patreon members, Grace. Yeah. Uh, when she got wasted, I think, on a live stream. Is that what happened? Yeah. A lot of times, that's when you're the most creative, especially when it comes to making up a drink. It's mm-hmm. like that time, Alex, we were at San Diego, and we invented this drink called Warm Tequila in Jim <laughs> Lee's Bar. <laughs> that was a good that's drink, creative. Too. Yeah, that was yeah. a great drink. Anyway, this is called... Oh, uh, it was posted on Insta, Straight Bullet Explains. So this is Campari and Mezcal and pineapple juice and what's the... Mm-hmm. Ancho Reyes bitters. Yes, Ancho Reyes. Uh, very good, delicious sounding cocktail. Um, we decided to call it, in honor of Stray Bullet's favorite movie of all time, The Menu, it's called Grace's Bullshit. That was his name. <laughs> he came up with it. It wasn't me at all. I didn't tell him to do it or anything. I mean, all he talks about is how great the menu is and how he it loves it. As a professional crap. chef, he's like, I enjoy this movie and I respect it and appreciate people talking about it. I co-sign it, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, great cocktail. Apologies to Grace, who is awesome. And thank you. Uh, if you want to be embarrassed, join our Patreon, I guess. Oh, wow. What a no, that's not, that's not the feature. We do other stuff, too. We embarrass Pete. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I just looked over at Facebook, and due to some quirk, I'm currently broadcasting the uh, the room above my head live. Oh. So I'm going to add that. A lot, a lot of room up there. Yeah. A, se- <laughs> a separate, you got a separate camera just for uh, the head You got the head cam? Yeah, yeah, it's not letting me add the video. It's just, uh, it's just going, man. Cool. Uh, that's cool. That's weird. 
Are yeah, we part of it too? <laughs> uh, our no. Top? No, just I'm going to close it down. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe it's just broadcasting above my head. Uh, we have a bunch of great guests, as I mentioned. So why don't we bring in our first one here. There he is the creator of Final Nine comic all about poker. Anish Patel. Anish, hello. Welcome to the hey, stream. Welcome. How are hello. you? Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for chatting. I teased earlier that we had a guest who was on late past their bedtime. That is you. Thank you for staying up late for us. We no, appreciate it. No problem, yeah. Uh, so this book is on sale on Amazon right now. You are selling it as the first comic book about the world of poker. Where, where did that start? Why, why poker? Are you a poker feed? Are you a professional poker player? What, what's the deal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a very long time ago. It's back in 2008, actually, when I was writing down some ideas, I, I, I used to work in TV and, um, the opportunity of, trying to just make my own stuff I was putting down some ideas and at the same time I was playing poker just with friends and I really enjoyed playing poker with my friends sitting around the table like uh, doing a podcast or something just having a chat bantering with each other teasing each other while you're playing the game and everything and and I always wanted I always liked the great story of uh, each poker hand and everything so just like it, it, it made it fun it made it enjoyable we talk about those hands the following weeks later when we play again and it just builds up all that all that stories and stuff and then when i was putting um when i was putting some ideas down i, I had uh, funny enough i had the tv on it had a poker show and it was about the world series of poker main event final and uh, I, I, even though i wrote down a kind of saying i want to do a poker story but at that time it was just saying poker story never knew what it was going to be about and i just put it down and then watching this tv show in the background and i really got involved in that show because it was going through each characters talking about the um, the poker game the tournament it was um, it was airing and and about vegas so it, it, it i just put it down i'm like yes this sounds like a great story and then and then i think a while later i was like how what kind of format should i put it in and again i think that time was i was reading the watchmen graphic novel and that's mm-hmm. for the first time and what what i loved about the the graphic novel was it was brand new superheroes for me it was brand new superheroes even though it came out in 1985 these were brand new characters that no one even heard about unless you read that uh that book and because they were new you didn't know it, who the main character was and that really mm. helped me drive towards writing a book about nine players around a uh, around a poker table but there's no main character it's based on those nine characters and 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 uh, and i wanted the the readers um to kind of understand each character and then kind of support someone and say i'm rooting for this player and i want to know if they're going to win or not so mm-hmm. that kind of that's where it all started from so yeah yeah it's cool. been, a, been a journey <laughs> so far yeah it has that sort of like the you know the the ensemble is like an Agatha Christie novel, or yeah. like a like a Knives Out more modern reference, uh, where it's like you have your players. Yeah, I was yeah. You want to see? Just about to say the way I pitched the book uh, to a lot of people. I've done a few Comic Cons in the uh, in last year, and the way I pitched the book, I go, it's like a murder mystery. You don't know who the winner is until the final few pages. Mm. Uh, that's nice, it. and that's that's where I hold it on to. I go, it's all about the characters. It's all about the games. Uh, the game itself and and, and that, that drives the story 
And if you weren't too familiar with poker, how did you do research? Did you um, uh, high stakes, big big bets, or did you just get your friends together and be like, hey, this is research. We have to do this. It was a bit of both. It was a bit of both, yeah. Um, all, a lot of the hands that were uh, are mentioned in the book are real-life hands that I played with my friends. Uh, mm. Some of the kind of celebrations nice. or the banter was live from what, what you know playing for years but then the rest of the research around the tournament the structure the format uh the tournament itself it was that was research full-on research research and the good thing about doing that research was you know youtube was great facebook was great oh you know it was part of the online world so you get a lot of information out a lot of articles and just keep reading and reading about each player so yeah, that, that, that's how it kind of started off with uh, some of those hands and poker generally. Have you had any sort of response from the poker world about it? Either people fact-checking you or excited about it or anything like that? Um, it's, it's a slow start. Yeah, I've released the book um, last July and the aim is to kind of go into all the poker tournaments, small, doesn't matter how big they are, like the poker, poker rooms you get. They, that they do daily or the big tournaments or semi-big tournaments uh, and just approaching them and seeing if I could just promote. So I did go to a poker tournament a couple of weeks ago in, in the UK and uh, spoke to a few play, uh, people as well as players and they got quite excited about it, which was great. You know, nice. uh, I was sitting down having a few drinks, just chatting, uh, I handed over the book and he was a very popular poker player. Um, he's made great earnings over it and every time a poker player another poker pay, player came to have a chat with him he was just introducing me and showing the book and that was great I, it just yeah. felt like let me just hand it over and and let these guys get excited about it so i was like yeah it, and exactly what i needed really have you tried to bet with a copy of the book like raise <laughs> the yeah, there, there will be times i was thinking that to do that in comic-con i'm like look high card wins and if you beat me Here's a book kind of thing, you know. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a great business term, but, you know, maybe I'll do something similar, you know, give them a 20% discount or something, you know, something similar <laughs> the, like that. You got to go all in on uh, the sequel. Like, get a couple publishers at the table and bet for the next uh, next round of the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you, I mean, I think you touched on this a little bit before, but now have you gotten into poker? Have you started to pick it up yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, playing for, you know, on and off for years, I go, I, I mainly play with friends, but I do go to certain, when I've got time, I go to certain poker poker rooms and play either cash games or tournaments. Tournaments do lot, lot, last a lot longer than um, just sitting down, putting your money in, and once you're happy to go, you leave. But in a tournament, you have to realize that you, you're starting from the beginning, and if you want to win, you have to, you know, expect to be there for six, seven hours, even longer, depending on the size of the tournament. And uh, yeah, and, uh, I do get excited about those games. Uh, last time I went, um, probably last year sometime, mm. I, I was there for a good six, seven hours, but I got to the near the end and I was quite excited. That I'm like, well, I think I still got it. <laughs> but, but of course, I'm not playing against the big pros, which, uh, you know, I hope I do one day. Awesome. You, it's no, no problem being a big fish in a small pond. Like my main gambling game is Candyland, and I crush <laughs> at it. Like I, well, I walk away with all the candy corn at the table. <laughs> wow, baller! And Anish, this is available on Amazon right now. Are there any other places folks can pick it up? Um, at the moment, it's on Amazon. Um, we're looking at 
kind of different options on selling the book in different uh, different uh, websites and stuff. I think what what Amazon has done for the, the independent self published people is they they're the ones who fulfill it for me, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know about this, but you know they they allow you to upload a digital version and then upload your hard kind of the format of that they can print for you. So anywhere yeah. in the world can order it and they fulfill it for you it kind of helps me i don't have to print 500 copies and leave it at home and then try to send it out across the world where amazon's there to fulfill it yeah uh well cool anish congratulations on the book uh very fun very excited to play a game of go fish against you (laughs) if we ever meet in person i don't i don't do poker i'm bad at it uh but congratulations on the book maybe you need to read the book yeah bro what if i become a real card sharp (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's called i don't know (laughs) i've seen your poker face alex i think i'm uh, you have a tell (laughs) yeah Yeah, the double hands on the cheeks is a huge tell yeah, it, I call it my home alone move. All right, Adish, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Have thank a great night. Thanks for staying on late. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Later. See ya. All right, there we go. Once again, the book is called Final Nine. It is out now yeah. on Amazon from Anish Patel, uh, the first poker comic book. So there you go. Yeah. Why don't we bring in our next guest here? He has a new book that is up on Zoop called Zoop. Sex spies in rock and roll volume three jeff messer everybody jeff hello how are you oh you're muted you muted wait here i'm gonna unmute you there we go (laughs) we got this no we don't there we go all right there's jeff messer welcome yeah hello thanks so much for coming on i uh spent my previous life as a famous mime Oh, nice. so it, you know what it shows mm-hmm. alex yeah. was like uh he didn't hear you but yeah. i i felt i felt yeah. you you know yeah, what i mean exactly. like i didn't need trapped the, in the box <laughs> and the rope work there impressive it's yeah you know it's a little rusty but uh i'll stick to comic books for the time being smart so sex buys and rock and roll volume three it is up on zoop now you got 23 days left as of this current taping if you're listening yeah. to it later on the podcast Maybe there's less days left. I don't know. And you also have over $6,000 of the $10,000 you're looking to get to yeah. the project, which yes. is very cool. Yeah. Uh, but One also week probably, and 60%. That's amazing. Oh, that's fast math. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> other thing that's probably important to mention that I think people probably picked up on for the title, but this is the third volume. The first two volumes, very fun collections of different as you can tell from the title, Sexy Spy Stories. Um, it was very interesting looking through these in particular to see the evolution I felt from the first volume to the second volume, where the first volume has a bunch of spy stories in it, and they're very fun and enjoyable. The second one seems much more focused on, like, mm-hmm. we got to have sex, spies, and rock and roll <laughs> in every story. <laughs> um, pay off that title. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, what was it's... it like pushing that, and where is it going in volume three? Um, I, I stick to the, the uh, FDA soup labeling uh, process. Of, uh, <laughs> the ingredients have to be listed in order sure, of dominance. Sure. Smart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's sex and then there's spies. And there's... No, anyway, uh, the, the first book was a complete surprise to me uh, in how successful it was going to be on Kickstarter initially. And what happened along the way was uh, what started out as uh, one main feature story and two backup stories 
uh, once we funded and kept hitting stretch goals, I kept adding another backup feature story and another and another and another. And it sort of got out of control and turned into uh, more than double the size of what I had originally intended and became a full anthology book. And so between the first and the second volumes, I I really tried to hone it in, you know, uh, create the, the, the tether between the stories and the universe so that everything... You know, by the time all this is done, if you read it all, you go, oh, everything connects in some way. And there's a, a through line that flows between the stories that are happening in the 80s and the <laughs> stories that happened in the 70s and the stories that happen in, in uh, you know, a more more contemporary timeline. So um, it, it's been kind of fun on the spot sort of defining that. But, yeah, I um, the second volume I'm really, really proud of because it's uh, I think it's all very strong work. And, and some of the stuff in the first volume was just a lot of fun slapping stuff against the wall to see what stuck. And and I had a couple of pledge levels where people could be drawn as characters in the book that people oh, kept cool. wanting to do. And so there's one backup story in the first book that is entirely created just to facilitate because I ran out of places to stick people. And so I'm like, <laughs> right, I'll, just do, I'll just do five more pages and have kind of a lark uh, in, in that first book. And so... So, yeah, and, and one of the things that happened in the, between the first and the second was that what we're seeing on the screen now is the main feature, the, the reason I started this project, a uh, story that I originally wrote in high school and has been laying around in the dustbin oh, wow. for, for decades that uh, has been revisited. And I kept it in the 1980s because uh, Spies in the 80s, a lot more fun, the music, the fashion, a lot more fun, kind of kitschy. Uh, I, I thought I could have more fun with it as a, as a period piece. But this uh, main feature uh, has now officially spun off into its own solo title. So it's no longer part of the anthology book because I can now support 64 pages of content without this, uh, this feature in there. Wow. So, uh, so I've very quickly sort of expanded the universe, if you will, uh, for these characters. And it's, uh, you can see it's, it's all, you know, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, a lot of fun, a little silly in, in places. Uh, some of it uh, gets a little darker than other bits and pieces of it, but for the most part, it's just sort of that high-octane 80s action movie kind of concept, you know, uh, that you would see. Uh, and just a lot of fun. And, and I think that's, um, and I'm living my second childhood now that I've revisited it. So, <laughs> like, I, you know, it's kind of great. And uh, my son, who is, who's uh, in college now, uh, one of the reasons it turned into an anthology, too, was um, I found out when he was at home during high school and COVID that he was working on a screenplay. And he, he gave me a copy and, and I read it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the garbage I was writing when I was 17. Uh, and then it reminded, me of this, uh, it reminded me of this garbage I was writing at 17. And I was like, man, that stuff was a lot of fun. Let me let me really kind of dust it off. And uh, and I included his story in, in this book as oh, well. Cool. So he, he's got um, his screenplay is being turned into one of the anthology stories that's uh, oh, running that's through great. the book. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's uh, just weird things come. And, and when... Uh, new ideas come along or, or the idea of characters I had back in, in the day when I was writing this originally who were just minor supporting characters. Now I get to tell their backstories. And those become great anthology books too of like, hey, how did they become spies? Let's go back five years and tell this story. And uh, the artists that I'm working with, uh, just an extremely enthusiastic, talented group of people from all around the world. Uh, it's amazing what a pandemic and, and uh, and the internet can do to bring people together. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, but man, they, these artists are having so much fun 
and they keep asking me, hey, what's the next script? What's the next story? And so I, it, it's been constant since uh, about two years. This January of 2021 is when I really kicked it into gear. And, and now on a daily basis, I'm getting new pages, new art, working on new scripts. And uh, the third volume is, is finished and ready to go. The fourth volume is halfway completed. And I have uh, oh, wow. three uh, solo solo individual issue comics that are in, in the can just waiting to be used. So the enthusiasm of these it's artists has, has really kept me going. And I'm like, oh, I've stockpiled all this material now so that I can do the next two Zoop campaigns and still be ahead of the game. So I, I'm having the most fun I've had in years creatively doing all this stuff well congrats that's so, that's that's so awesome. cool and I, I do think the the artist you can it matches the tone in such a great way um in yeah. different ways across across the board but i want to ask when an idea ideas like this that are so long gestating when you have them when you're young and you're like i gotta finally do that do you have like notebooks filled with these ideas or were they in your head this whole time and how did you in, reinvestigate them when you finally were like um, i'm doing it I, you know, the stories I originally wrote when I was in, in high school, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I looked like I was the best student in the class because I had notebooks and I was just like, nah, 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 nah. every class, the teacher's like, he's, he's like transcribing word for word everything I'm saying. How is he not making straight A's? Uh, but Wait, truth, this is all sex stuff. <laughs> this guy's writing sex stuff in the back of the well, class. Back back then, it was less sex and more spies and and a little mm-hmm. bit of rock and roll. But uh, you know, I'm having to compete with modern audiences a little bit here, so I <laughs> had, to, had to juice it up uh, some. But you know, um, yeah, all those I have uh, crates in my uh, downstairs storage uh, that are full of spiral bound notebooks with all of the original handwritten. Wow. Uh, originally, they were going to be novels. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a spy novelist, and I'm going to create a series of spy novels, and it's going to be the next best thing on the planet and and my cousin who lived next door was my co-conspirator you know egging me on you know hey you know write this or do this or whatever and um i you know i thought about in the in in the 90s like 10 years after the fact when i was in my 20s i tried to sit down with a uh, word processor computer to to take all those written notes and, and make an updated version of it if you will and i, I got maybe three quarters of the way through it and life got in the way and I got tired of writing prose. Oh my God. Describing stuff can get tedious. And so I spent, <laughs> I, I spent 20 years as a playwright. I just shifted over to working in theater and I wrote scripts and uh, did a lot of theater stuff. Uh, and then I, I sort of came back to comics. Well, I came to comics in the past five or six years and just decided, Oh, this, it'll be fun for me to give this a try. Um, I, I accidentally, I say, I always joke. I accidentally got nominated for an Eisner in 2019 and went to San Diego. <laughs> and as I was leaving, I was like, I feel like I'm getting nudged by the cosmos that maybe I should <laughs> yeah. do this. And, and, you know, one of the first things I did was revisit this stuff in my mind, just to remember, to see if I could remember it, you know, yeah. and I worked in theater, so I have a pretty good memory as far as, you know, lines and dialogue and stuff. So I, I would I spent weeks just sort of going through my head trying to remember who was what and where was where and I made notes and things like that and I'm happy to say uh, I only flipped through all that previous stuff once as a refresher I didn't even mm. fully read it I just kind of skimmed through it and then realized seventy mm, percent of it doesn't work for a comic so <laughs> I need I need to just you know bullet point everything down to an outline and then create uh, a sort of a new comic friendly script out of it and. The idea of making it more adult uh, 
certainly to appeal to crowdfunders and people who support those campaigns. But my goal was instead of it being, you know, a, a TNA book that was just all, you know, you got it and you started reading it and went, oh man, this, oh, this sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> I was like, I want people to think they're getting that kind of book. And then when they get it, go, holy crap, this is actually kind of fun and interesting. And it's a, it's a good read. So my goal was to lure those people in but also you know appeal to the mainstream story. sort of spy audience um, and i hope so. you're able to brush up on 10th grade biology when you were going through your notes because that's um, good information social studies yeah. frogs what's I, going on with frogs i i could see it on the page it was that identic memory i could see on the page ago this was what i wasn't listening to when i was writing this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came back to the teacher's face in front of me and everything just glaring oh, down at boy. me um, I am curious, you were successful on Kickstarter twice. Why move it over to Zoop? Uh, you know, it, it's kind of great. The The guys from Zoop approached me, um, and I, I also work with, I bury the lead here, but I also work with uh, Mike Grell, the uh, the comic oh, yeah. uh, artist and creator. And uh, I've been a fan of his since I was a kid. I became a friend of his about 10 years ago, and I convinced him to try Kickstarter uh, because I had seen it and I had heard it, and I was like, this seems like a good idea. And we did a couple of campaigns with him, or I did, worked with him and some other guys to do a couple of campaigns that were really successful. And that was my on-the-job training. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, I can do this for my own projects. And that, and I got brave enough to do it, to, to bring some of my stuff to, uh, to uh, Kickstarter. And it was successful. His stuff was hugely successful. My stuff was being successful. Certain amount of writing on his coattails, I'm sure, was involved. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. Um and uh, the guys at, at Zoop emailed me, reached out to me last summer, maybe May, early June. And, uh, and Jordan from Zoop was like, hey, I'm going to be at Heroes Con. I see that you're going to be there and that Mike's going to be there. Well, I'd love to talk to you about what we're doing. And uh, he came over and introduced himself and we chatted and uh, I struck up a conversation. You know, Mike is, is older and... Um, a little more leery sometimes of people coming up and going, Hey, Mr. Grell, I'm going to tell you the next best thing in the world. He's like, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. I'm more of a, of a gullible type. So I, <laughs> I, I said, um, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll do a small campaign with them and we'll test it out and see, and then, you know, get the results from what I'm doing and decide if it's something that you want to do. Uh, because they handle fulfillment and they handle uh, the logistics and, and printing and things like that that uh, that you handle on your own at Kickstarter. And I will tell everyone right now, I am terrible at going to the post office. And uh, the post office hates me mm -hmm. because I come in with a, with 20 Gemini mailer boxes at a time and clog up their day. Uh, and, and I'm just like, man, if I could, if I could just be creating, if I could just be doing the work and Zoop went, ta-da, here you go. That's what I, we do. I feel so like this must is the, be doing something right. This is the theme yeah. of the show, though, because Anish was like, "Go to Amazon because they print your stuff," and Jeff, you're like, "Go to Zoop because they take care of your mailing." Very I'm listening to that there. Amazon thing too yeah. when he talked about international, because one thing the pandemic mm -hmm. brought us was uh, higher shipping costs overseas that have not gone yeah. back down, and higher printing costs. So if you're doing it all yourself, your price increased substantially in the past couple of years. So uh, the idea of Amazon um, printing and, you know, print on demand in country wherever Amazon is. And let's face it, uh, we thought the Amazon was shrinking back in the 80s and now the Amazon has taken over the planet um, <laughs> in, in more ways than one. But um, but, yeah, I, I think that's a really solid. Here's the thing here. You know, the thing I'm taking away from all of this is 
15 years ago, none of us could have really done this. You know, that dream of mm-hmm. publishing comics was absolutely impossible 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I first thought of it. There just was no way into it. Now, if if you have the drive and the ambition and, and even, a, you know, moderate talent, you can get your stuff published. You can mm-hmm. absolutely find a way to get it out there. And I think it's very liberating. And Amazon and all of it, and Kickstarter and Zoop and all of these Indiegogos, they're giving access that was not there before. And I think it's one of the most inspiring things. And I, I've said many times in the past couple of years, the new independent publishers are crowdfunders. Yeah. That's the new independent comics. Well, to get back to that, then you have, as we mentioned, 23 days yes. <laughs> left on this Zoop I guess is what we're calling it. What can people expect if they pledge? Well, um, I've always kind of gone overboard with, with what you get. So you get a lot of bang for your buck uh, as, as far as the books go. Um, you can, you're, you're going to get a lot of fun stories. You have the ability to uh, previous backers uh, can get the new and the new volume. And there are a couple of other new solo books that are on there that you can add to the, the new volume. And you can also go back and pick up Volumes 2, Volume 1, and all of the other stuff that's been printed uh, previous to this. There, there are five books that have been printed so far. So Volume 3 is the newest, and then there are two other new books uh, alongside that. So uh, you can get any, all of it, digital, print, uh, ever how you want it. Uh, some of the artists are doing sketches, original sketches, uh, that you can pick and those are super popular there are even a couple of categories where you can be drawn as a character in uh, one of the stories uh so you know it's it's very interactive it's uh just a lot of fun uh so you can get all of that and uh, as they say and more you know (laughs) um you know so it's you know that's my thing is i i just want uh so much to be doing this and now that i've been the door has been you know cracked open a little bit and i've just sort of you know, like shoulder rushed it and knocked it down um <laughs> you zooped i just it. i zooped it i zooped right in there maybe that, that's how we use it we use it like that Zo- zooping it's like a verb yeah. um <laughs> exactly yeah, uh well listen yeah. It's awesome. The bonuses are great. The book is a ton of fun. And in case yeah. it isn't clear, very much for adults. But <laughs> if you couldn't it figure is, out for the title. It is. It uh, is. But, but it's a lot of it's humorous, though. I will say that yeah. uh, a lot of it is, is done for uh, the sake. Because, you know, sex is kind of awkward and, and really, really funny. Oh, times. interesting. Uh, huh. So so I use it a I've lot uh, as humor. Yeah, I've always... I'm, I've, I've I'm had very serious. All, all, all my time. life, I've had so many partners just laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I usually thing? open with five minutes. <laughs> yeah, easily yeah. five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then yeah, close. Justin, you do a tight five rather than... Right a tight five. Mm. 100%. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm getting the light. Uh, okay, uh, that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who here is from out of town? Show, show yeah. me. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Uh, All right. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the thank success. You uh, very excited. And fingers crossed. I think you're going to finish it off. And yeah. Appreciate, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me fun. on the show. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Have a good night. Take care. Good night. All right. Once again, that is on Zoop. It's called Sex, Spies, Zoop. and Rock and Roll Volume 3. As mentioned, Volume 1 and Volume 2 are gettable as well, but this is a new collection you can check out. And why don't we bring in our last guest of the evening? He is the creator of Super Best Friend. 
which Aww. is also in and of itself, I believe, going into its third issue or third volume, if you were. Jason Inman, hello. Welcome. Hello. Hello, good sirs. Hello, my as well, super best friends. I, I'm going to call you that right now, so it's done. Aww. Ah, that's sad. I'd love to hear it. Oh, man. I got a new best friend today. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> day, right? Yeah, that's going to... Uh, so That's how Jason, you close the day. <laughs> just, just to lay it out there, because there's a lot of background people might know you from, you do Geek History Lesson, a podcast. I think when we originally talked, you had 450 episodes yes. behind you. More probably now. Also, people might recognize you. You were one of the hosts of DC All Access as yeah. well. Um, and now you got Super Best Friend, which is entering its third, right? Issue, yeah, it's... volume? What do you call it? Yeah, it's its third issue. I, I, I like to okay. go, like your previous guest, Jeff, was saying, I like to go to Kickstarter, make it a lot of fun, give people extras. So when I do an issue, it's a 48-page issue. So like, oh, wow, these are the nice. first two issues right here. Each of them are 48 issues. And the Kickstarter that I'm currently doing is for the third issue, or the complete miniseries, if you will, if you missed the previous two. Oh, cool. Well, mm. talk about the concept of the book. I thought it was very fun. It was very, yeah. I mean, exactly as the title implies, like very sweet as well. Mm. Um, what was the inspiration behind this? Uh, a lot of the inspiration for this was um, my old job at DC All Access because the lead character, Matty Moore, is a is a YouTuber. He's a live streamer. His best friend is the world's greatest superhero, Captain Terrific. And his entire YouTube channel slash Twitch channel is filming the adventures of his best friend, Captain Terrific. Um, but of course, if you just did that, you know, there there would be not enough ho- of a hook there. So in the first issue, he accidentally live streams his best friend's secret identity to the entire world. Woof. And so the entire series is about him having to repair his friendship with his best friend, but also figure out how he can fix his best friend's life. And... Again, originally this was just a, a story of, you know, looking at the fondness of Silver Age comic books and Superman and all the Superman archetypes. Mm-hmm. And over the the course of writing it, it really morphed into a story of our relationship with superheroes and superhero fandom and just what is it to be a good friend and what is it to be a best friend? Like, would, yeah, can, would you sacrifice your entire <laughs> livelihood for your best friend. Oof. Yes. Yeah. Oh, was that a question? Were we yeah. Really, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, so you're going to that show test. tonight. This is an got intervention it. almost. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is, the, this is the final episode of the comic book club, guys. You all have to give it up for each other. <laughs> he, he tore us apart. He revealed too much. <laughs> Deadly. It's a good run. Yes. So uh, just uh, format wise, why the 48 page issues? Because I was definitely surprised when the first one I was like, oh, that was a good first issue. Oh, there's more. There's a whole other issue in here. So what was the inspiration behind that? Because that feels atypical. Well, you know, part of it also as well was just to, uh, you know, when you're when you're doing an independent comic book for Kickstarter, you're always competing against the big two, especially when you do superheroes. Everybody, they'll tell you, you know, if you're making an independent comic book, uh, lots of image creators will say, don't do superheroes because you're automatically competing with Superman and Batman. So one of my ways of competing around that was to say, well, if I give you 48 pages, hey, Mm. I'm giving you a little bit more bang for your buck. I'm giving you, uh, but also a lot of it, you'll notice, I really, at the beginning, a lot of people have asked me this, there's two 22-page chapters in the 48 pages 
And I wanted to do that because if you've ever read like old Silver Age stories, especially like uh, you know the Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, they all have multiple stories or multiple yeah. chapters in each issue, and that's what I wanted to evoke with this. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I know Batman is famously stingy. He'll only do twenty-two pages. He's like, <laughs> I'm out. now only twenty, I think. Yeah, exactly. Getting uh, <laughs> that's diva. That's diva behavior, right there. Oh yeah, he's a one percenter. One percent. What was it like <laughs> making the transition from? This feels very stupid to say out loud. Uh, commenting on comics to writing about comics. <laughs> what? That's stupid to say. Well, I like I how you gave up halfway you through. You bailed on your own question. Whatever. I don't know. Ask ask yourself a question. I guess. <laughs> I, I think that's a very valid question. Um, you know, it's funny because part of the reason why. Um, you know, my first comic book was actually I co-wrote with my wife, actually, which was uh, uh-huh. Jupiter Jet for Action Lab, which is an all uh, it's basically um, young girl rocketeer fights aliens. And yeah. um, that was inspired a lot by I was talking to all these gentlemen who were and, and ladies that were just masters of their class. I mean, you've had a lot of them on your show and stuff. And the more I talked to them, the more I started being like, oh, I can do that. Okay, it hasn't seemed too difficult. Okay. And I'm not saying that I, I thought at any point that I was better than them. It's just like talking to them and like talking to them in enough interviews kind of like opened up the door to be like, oh, okay, so reveals are on even pages. Probably don't do more than six panels a page. Okay, like splash pages are for – like it kind of like opened it up. Uh, but I will say it's funny, um, and if you gentlemen ever go down the same road um, – <laughs> the interesting thing, and I love the fans dearly, is that I have done signing events, and it's very interesting because you will always have the person come up and come up to you and be like, oh, hey, I, episode, like, 196, I really loved it, but do you think in that episode that Superman really would do this in X and Y and Z? And I'll answer the question. I'll be like, oh, that's lovely. Do you want me to sign one of your books? No, thank you. I just wanted to ask you a question about the podcast, and they'll walk away. <laughs> just been holding out of that question for so long. And you'll be like, come back, please. This is a book signing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we actually have a question here from the comments. This is from Comics with My Kids. The book looks really cool. What is your target age audience, Jason? I am always looking for books for my 9- and 12-year-old kids. Uh, Super Best Friend is the same age, I would say, for as Superman. So I would... I would skew it a so little like bit really older. really raunchy, really adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Unlike Jeff, it, it is very kid-friendly, unlike Jeff's book. Yeah. Uh, Sex, uh, Jeff, Superman, and Rock and Roll. Ooh, yeah. Jeff's book sounds easy. awesome, by the way. But, uh, no, I, I would say it's, I would put it around, like, 10 to, like, all, all up and above to, like, you know. But I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go any earlier than 10. Nice. Uh, now, this third volume, I keep calling it a volume, this third issue, is that going to close up the story? Do you have plans for more? What's it does. So the third issue is, a, you'll see on the Kickstarter campaign, it is a series finale. Um, this is, um, you know, if you read in the Kickstarter campaign, this all sort of is like a weird confluence of um, events because Captain Terrific is like a hero that I came up with in high school. And uh, like I, that's so funny. Yeah, and I kind of just put him on a shelf and was like, I don't know, who knows? And then, um, you know, it was funny because when I was coming up with this idea, I was like, okay, I came up with the idea of Matty Moore, the person like us who's obsessed with superheroes, and I said, who should he follow? And then that's where I, I sparked him. I was like, oh, I got this guy that's just been sitting on the shelf. I'm going to put him in there. And so this story is sort of their conclusion. It's like my sort of like love letter 
to everything Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and also superhero fandom. But um, I have designed all the supporting characters. There, of course, is a Justice League in this world, and it's called the Assembly. And they they all have the ability to spin off into their own genres mm. and their own books if I wanted to return. But for Maddie Moore and the 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 titled Super Best Friend and Captain Terrific, this is this is kind of my final statement on superhero superheroes. On friendship. Yeah. yeah. And friendship. Yeah, friendship. <laughs> means it's over. Your show is over. This is the final oh, episode of Comic Book Club. Thanks for all watching. Delete the podcast feeds. There's a big red button right here, right below my screen, and I press that. That's it for the podcast. You've gotten so close to pressing it so many times. <laughs> I mean, speaking of podcasts, though, as we mentioned earlier, you've got this Geek History Lesson podcast. I, I think it's pretty straightforward from the name what it's about. Yes. But as far as I understand, <laughs> you focus on one one specific thing every episode at 450 episodes what what inspires those things what how do you still find those specific things to talk about every single podcast so if you go back through the feed yeah because like next year will be our 10th year of doing this podcast and that is wow. something i never Ooh. i never thought we would get to 10 years um and we generally release same pretty yeah <laughs> I, I, we release are you guys pretty much weekly now still like or yeah. do you take off yeah, we don't you seem weekly. No. Yeah, we are. We seem weekly. We definitely have a weekly yeah. energy. I never want to assume. Look, we take no. weeks off too, so I never want to be like, "Look, you do fifty-two episodes a year, right?" And they're like, "No, no, forty-five. Come on, chill." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, about a ten. <laughs> uh, the the once quarterly podcast. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, now we really. It's funny because we've been doing this ten years. We we did all the big dogs very early on. You know, yeah, we're ex- we we say we explain a character or a concept or a book in a little bit less than an hour. Um, now we're really chasing like what's fun. What's you know? So like this is the year that we're finally tackling like Superman Blue uh, because I have a I have a That's long fun. time. Yeah, I have a long time love of that crazy era and so i'm like okay we're doing superman blue we're doing icon from milestone um so we kind of yes. like just try to find um the fun stuff like one of the proudest moments uh, on our podcast is last year um we got to have booster gold creator dan jurgens on the podcast for our boost the gold episode and um you talked about i remember before this episode uh that you were like oh it's fine we're just like a sailor ship curse if you like and uh we we, we try to keep our podcast geekers wasn't pretty family friendly but on our patreon episode we opened up the episode with getting dan jurgens to be like fucking a and you're just like that is something <laughs> might that's be it's, we're here for. it's going on the resume wow, that's awesome <laughs> uh dc all access so i want to i don't know if that's like in the rearview mirror for you but there are a lot of big announcements for dc today from mm-hmm. James Gunn. We're going to be talking about them a little later on our Week in Geek podcast that we do for Patreon listeners. But I was curious to hear your take on it. I assume you've seen yes. what James Gunn put out there, what the slate is, the new movie TV slate. What's your big take? What's your gut feeling on it? My my gut feeling is, and I've seen this, I've said this to a lot of groups on fandom, is to don't put the cart ahead of the horse. Because... Mm-hmm. If you want to think about this, this is the fourth DC slate that I have seen in my lifetime. Yeah. We're on the fourth, yeah. people. Because you want to count what, what they, they tried to launch one with Green Lantern, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. They tried to, they, we got the Snyderverse. We all, we were doing a big old reboot with Flashpoint before all of this. And now we're on the fourth. So we haven't seen a trailer yet. We haven't seen pictures from sets yet. 
We haven't seen this is literally a publicity announcement. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about it if this go if this happens. The best thing I thought about the whole announcement it was in the interviews uh, in between that James Gunn did at the event. And he said, he said, we are going to put scripts first. We're going to try yeah. not to shoot before a screenplay is complete because we don't want to do extensive reshoots. And if they can pull that off, this might be an astounding um, reboot, whatever you want to call it. But I, to be honest with you, if you want to ask me like which one of the ones I like the most, it's Creature Commandos because yeah, I mean that's yeah. so weird. Also, they were leading with it, so it sort of feels yeah. like what, crazy. Yeah, to put it's that Creature Commandos. Out. Yeah, uh, a couple of things out of what you said though, I think it's very funny that we're like if I, it would be a miracle if they would just finish the script before they started shooting. A yeah. fundamental <laughs> filmmaking practice is to finish well, writing it before you start shooting it. But not not to interrupt your flow, Justin. But, yeah, and not to like blow up what we're probably going to talk more about later, but like. If they actually do that, they're never going to film anything. Like the way that not Hollywood, true, no. not true. Uh, I I see I, that I agree with Justin. Um, as a person who works, and I will, you know, I I don't mean this. My day job is for CBS Television, mm-hmm. and it, it it is it that is not you you will you will be like rushing drafts of scripts very quickly. Um, but like for movie, you can be a little bit more slower. Like with television, when you're in like a weekly television show, the train is always going. Yeah, and and you've yeah. got to turn to that script with with the with the movie. You can literally be like, no, no, no. We're gonna stop production for a month, and we're gonna rewrite this draft. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, just take uh, a break. It's fine. The other mm. thing I was gonna say about carts and horses is, I'd like to see a horse. I feel like we've seen exclusively <laughs> carts, so I'm ready to have one horse run through. Let's see a horse. You know, it it is funny because um, I'm I am surprised because like we're already in this shemagle as it is of. <laughs> I, I I am surprised that one of the things they did announce was like, here comes another Batman movie, and then people are like, well, what about Robert Pattinson? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Elseworlds? I don't know. Yeah, we the, know. Exactly. There was this quote from <laughs> David Zaslav before they announced all of this. This was, I think, yeah. back when they brought on James Gunn, where he was saying... Well, we're not going to have four Batmans anymore. And the first question was like, which four Batmans are you referring to? I'm not sure. But they <laughs> yeah. announced this, and given everything that they've announced, they have at least two Batmans. They have Robert Pattinson in the Batman Part 2. They have whoever this new Batman is going to be in Batman Brave of the Bold. And then if you count the young Bruce Wayne who was a Joker and is going to be in Joker 2, possibly, yeah. that's a third Batman. So granted, he was correct. They're not going to have four Batmans. What about Flashpoint? Have... You got two more Batmans. Oh, well, and then there's the Batmans room... everywhere. There and then there's the rumor of Ben Affleck Batman. being in Aquaman 2. There you go, five bad bats. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. We're not gonna have four. We're gonna have five. I don't know. I could have. I. I honestly like you know, and and er, very arrogant of me to be like James Gunn. This is how you should do it. Uh, <laughs> I honestly am surprised they did announce a Batman movie. I if it was me in that chair, and it's a very difficult job, and for both of them, impossible job. Um, I think I would have held off on the Batman's until uh, Robert Pattinson's run was done. Yeah. Um, just because, again, we're, we're, we're like, like I said, we haven't even seen a frame of any of this, and we're already like, well, wait a minute, what about Batman? Which which Batman? You know? Yeah. Well, the stakes are always high with any sort of Batman thing, but I sort of agree, especially when in the announcement it sort of felt like they're like, we're doing another uh, Pattinson Batman one. Yeah. That we're not doing three, we're doing two. It felt like they're like, this is the one we already did half the work for, so we're just going to do that. And then yeah. we have our, our Batman stuff. Well, but he also, Matt Reeves, and who knows what stage of development he's in, but he seemed to be building out this whole universe for that. He had, working on the Batman Part Two, 
You had two TV series that kept shifting and changing, but they're doing the Penguin TV series that's ostensibly coming out, I guess. They didn't mention it anywhere in the announcement, but I think... I would say it's dead now. Yeah. Based on today. It's surprising with Colin Farrell (laughs) in that. Like, that's a big talent to be Right, and there was the GCPD series that they were talking about as Arkham Asylum. Well, let me ask you. I mean, uh, you're all lovely nerds just like me. Like, I know you couldn't... I know, look... James Gunn obviously wanted to do the Batman and Sun arc, which I love. It's a great arc. Um, but if if we if we put that arc to the side, I I wouldn't have had any problem with them being like, oh yeah, Robert Pattinson is the Batman of this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, particularly because and this is blowing up my spot for later. But like my big problem with the announcement was there was no tone. There was no like this is what DC is. It was, hey, this is the progression of a couple of things. We have the movies that have already progressed. This is how they're going to fit into this new world. Then we have 10 things, some of which are dated, one of which that has Viola Davis in it, possibly two, one of which I, James, got a writing. And then here's these other things. But I don't know what this new DC universe is. And I, I, I would have appreciated... Like you were saying, it's an impossible chair to be in. They're an impossible mm-hmm. position. But well, but I would I want, argue. I want well, I'd want James Gunn to come out and be like, "This is what the DC universe is. This is our vision of it. Like this is our. I, I don't need ten unrelated projects that I don't know how they fit together. That just have the pictures from the comic books and don't mm-hmm. mention the comic book artists anywhere. I need. Why is this different? But I think he can't say that now because he's still dealing with the last picture. And if he's like, mm-hmm. here's our tone, and then all these movies come out that aren't that, that messes with the message. I think once we get through all the, the Flashpoint, the Aquaman 2, all that stuff, then he can be like, here's what we're doing. But I think yeah. you get a tease of it. Like, he's got the, the Themyscira, like, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones series. I was like, yo, that's a swing. Well, that's I think a, a, wild a bit swing. of it. Yeah, a bit of it was the gods and monsters tagline that they put over but yeah. but to what justin was saying as well it is very interesting because all those movies that are coming out this year all the press is basically going to be like so uh your movie story doesn't matter right yeah why should we go see this movie <laughs> you know and you're like wow i feel so bad for all those filmmakers <laughs> right well, and all the also... actors all these yeah. actors are going to be on these junkets being like I'm so excited for this to be over when then yep. I can forget yep. about all of so this. So this is your final movie as Shazam, or this is your yeah. final movie as Blue Beetle, or no, I know well, Blue Beetle said so they said they were connecting that in or whatever, but But yeah. it's definitely true for Shazam, I will yeah. say yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And or probably so, Flash. Actually, he said the opposite thing <laughs> in his announcement. He started off with Shazam uh, and was like, well, that's always been off in its own thing, so that can continue in our current thing. He also gave an interview talking about Zachary Le- Levi's tweets and granted, James Gunn has a very experience, specific experience with tweets, so maybe he has yeah. some feeling there. But he was like, no, that doesn't matter. Unless somebody says something really egregious or does something absolutely terrible, I can't police everything that somebody says. So he at least now is saying they're going to continue with Shazam. It sounds like from other interviews he did that they're, Jason Momoa is not immediately moving over to Lobo. They're talking about potentially doing an Aquaman 3 at some point. So that'll continue. No. He called The Flash the greatest, one of the greatest superheroes movies I've ever seen. So the this door is, is all, open. This is, they have this, to say, I think this is hype. This is, and they have to do this hype. And I think they're doing a good job at keeping the balls in the air before they get yep. to like, all right, let's yeah, now do this stuff we want to all, do. All of, the, all of the James Gunn stuff is a masterclass 
of how to do publicity. Yeah, he's good. That, he he is he's it, and that is why this guy has. That's why James has gotten the movies he's gotten. That's why he's in the position doing this. This the whole thing of announcing the slate before anything before people have probably even been hired to write scripts. Yeah, is a master. Yeah, I, I agree with Justin. I I don't think any movie from this year continues. Yeah, but ex- yeah. With the exception of maybe Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle might be the one that can sneak through. That's fair, and I, I agree with you. But I also yeah. think that's what Marvel does so well. They throw stuff on a board, people talk yep. for years about it, and it's like, so he's like, why don't we do that? I'm going to put some weird stuff up yep. there. I'm going to put some cool stuff up there. If it happens, if it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll replace the cool stuff that fails with other cool stuff. Let's go. I think yep. that's his whole vibe. Yeah, it's great. We're going to see all of these movies come out this year. They're going to finish up that slate with The Flash. They're going to move forward into Aquaman 2. They're going to release a Superman movie. James Gunn is going to leave DC to pursue other projects, and then we'll reboot the whole Don't movie. be so <laughs> sour. Don't be but, so sour. Kevin Feige come back, stuck. Come back if to he's me in 2025 and tell me I'm wrong. If he's successful in the first two, if he gets sure. two good swings, he's going to be like, I'm Kevin Feige now. Because he, he can handle that hype. He can build that as opposed to yeah. all the other people who are too precious and Again, too yeah, up their own ass. The best thing about all of this, the best thing is that James Gunn has been in this position. He has been the director with $300 million and a studio on his back. So if he just hires the right creative lets them make their movie, like just approves their script and lets them make the movie. Because that's been the big problem with Warner Bros. for years is that the executives keep coming in and basically making them rewrite their movie every scene by scene by scene. And you're like, that's you can't make a movie that way. You can't make a good movie that way. Yeah. Great, uh, great qualifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to distract too much, though, from Super Best Friend. So just to yeah. I'll just hold it. I'll just hold it here. We can just put it in the frame. I'll just hold it there. You know. So I don't think we mentioned this before, but you're already successful on Kickstarter, which is awesome. You've yeah. filled your goal, so that's great. I assume at this point you're heading towards stretch goals. Is that in consideration? Yes. Uh, fun fact. Uh, yeah, we're heading towards stretch goals. Uh, we, we've already blown past the first one. We've blown past the second one. There's two things I'd love to mention, actually. Um, yeah. So I do another thing of the fun of Kickstarter in crowdfunding campaign is I do random add-ons. So if you're a backer mm. in the campaign, I announce random add-ons i'm like tomorrow this is going up it's there's only a limited one and one of the cool things you remember earlier i mentioned den jurgens i got a bunch of artists that i really admire to do sketches of captain terrific the uh, superman oh, of my series awesome. and this week i'm going to be dropping this one-of-a-kind sketch by dan jurgens of captain Terrific. Wow, look at that. Um, cool. this is the only one so it's going to drop on friday at what time you'll have to be a backer to find out and then uh, I'm doing something I've never done as well. I, I'm very much a writer, but I like to doodle. And I will show, I've never, I haven't shown this anywhere. Uh, while I was listening to you gentlemen talk to your other guests, I told you I was doodling. Um, at 14K, we unlock a stretch goal for the writer variant cover. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm going to draw a variant <laughs> cover to my own comic book. All right, it's not finished. I don't have a face here. But uh, I was working on the variant cover here. Oh wow! So that is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm doing the faces last because they make me nervous. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're blowing there. Um, uh, you know, I always say like, you know, once a campaign's funded, it just becomes a pre-order campaign, and you just get all the bonuses and stuff. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Jason, anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Uh, no, I mean, superbestfriendcomic.com, uh, geek history lessons everywhere you can listen, everywhere you can say, we gotta, I gotta 
bring you gentlemen on there. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you just got to know, like, you got to know, uh, I guess, Pete, are you a Wonder Woman? Do you like Wonder Woman? Like, you're wearing the Wonder Woman <laughs> shirt, so <laughs> if I got to right. pull you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, if you, I would say if, uh, oh, Archie, that's great. Not a great um, option for this, but yes. <laughs> well, I, I went black nothing, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, no, I just say, like, if you've listened to anything I've said, you like my thoughts, come check out my podcast. And sharing the Kickstarter campaign is just as important as pledging, because that can always uh, bring it out to more perspective eyes. Awesome. Cool. Jason, congratulations on the success. So good chat yeah, Thank you. Have a great night. Thank yeah, you. Uh, this is a lot of fun, guys. Nice to meet you. Yeah, always a pleasure. Later. Later. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. Once again, it is Super Best Friend. It is on Kickstarter yeah. right now from Jason Inman. And now we are going to move to uh, my favorite section because you make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in Q&A over on Crowdcast or in the comments over on YouTube. And what are you What are you guys drinking? Why don't we do that while we're waiting for questions to come in? Grace's bullshit. Loved it. Nice. Pete, gonna uh, make another. Pete's bullshit. I'm drinking uh, speed wobbles. Oh, you made that up. You drew that yeah. a marker on a. You did. <laughs> <laughs> speed I wobbles. wish I was that good speed. at art. Excellent. Uh, I'm having water again since I'm still not well. Still, uh, not great, man. It's not great. Oh no. Uh, but there you go. But why don't we go to some questions here? We got one from slowly uh, dying right before our eyes. I mean, yes. This is from Michael Tillman. Where's the future of reading digital comics headed with Amazon's Comixology layoffs and eventual closure? Do you see a different platform emerging like a new Comixology? Do Zoop or Substack help fill the void that Amazon has created? Great question, Michael. What do you guys think? Uh, it feels like there's room for upstart. I think Substack is so uh, creator-driven that it's not going to be like that open marketplace that Comixology used to be. Uh, but everyone that's uh, Substack, I think will continue based on um, different talent, but I think Zoop's making a good case. I mean, we have a lot of Zoop people on this show, so maybe uh, we're a little bit biased, but it does feel like Zoop is really taking care of the creators, especially people who are up and coming. So that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. Hopefully Zoop will Zoop in and uh, save the Zoop and day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a Zoop Zoop riot. Yeah. I think the issue with like a Zoop doing it or a Substack is because of the independent nature, which is their plus for their platforms, right? But the thing that made Comixology work and made it a monster, which drew the attention of Amazon, is having the scale to be able to convince Marvel and DC and to a certain extent Image and Dark Horse and Oni and everybody else to all join together and go on the same platform. So in order to have a new Comixology, I think you'd need something like that. And I don't know what that is. I mean, in the intervening time, Marvel and DC in particular – though they've been arguably successful about them, have spent a lot of time building their own digital platforms. I think I would suggest a kind of like a web tune, which actually has probably bigger scale than DC or Marvel, but DC or Marvel have been putting up their own web tune style comments, comics on there. So that's kind of a different thing. So I don't know. It just needs somebody with like a new architecture and a new type of platform that provides essentially the same service as comiXology to come in and, uh, that's a big ask. I'm just not sure. I also feel like the big, the bigger companies are like, why are we sending our? Uh, why, why do we want to have a reader that isn't us? Like they want to have right. people on their site reading their stuff. So it's Which like, honestly it's stinks because the idea of Comicsology in this Prime was you could go to it like it was a comic book shop, and yeah. I bought things that I wouldn't normally buy because I was browsing on Comicsology, just like you would do 
walking through a regular store. You're not going to do that on Marvel's proprietary platform. Uh, this is from Puncher Joe One over on YouTube. My question: How much of future DC and Marvel movies will focus on more obscure characters? Well, I would say they're running out of non-obscure characters, so probably <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I would say the transition, especially the MCU, the transition from obscure character to mainstream character happens there. Like Iron Man, Ant-Man, these characters were not top tier pulls and they are now like the major, like Ant-Man coming out in a few weeks is like literally the movie of the last year, probably for the future of that. So I think it's only going to, it's all about, I think for them, it's all about like, oh, someone has a good story and it really has a great touch point for the larger uh, project we're doing here. So I think sort of anything's fair game, really. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think um, ah, there was something I was going to add, but my, I don't remember. <laughs> but you really aren't feeling brain, well. Dude. I really You're not. just like, I'm ah, really fuck it. I, uh, I got nothing. Ah, whatever. No gas in the tank, folks. Okay, this was <laughs> great moment. After watching James Gunn's small explanation of things to come for DCU, we had a lot of discussions about how we feel about what's to come. He's talking about on Patreon. My question is, should we all just calm down? Fuck no. We gotta get <laughs> crazy. We gotta be mad. We gotta be wound up. That's the that's the whole point of this, is to talk about it. I mean, I think, yes, like for real for real yes we should calm down because yeah. this is this is a pr statement about something that is the objectives of this aren't just to tell us their cool stuff it's to make sure we watch the movies that they've already made that are coming out this year that we have to go see it is partially to build hype i think james i believe james gunn when he says i'm excited about these things because it's it the, the enthusiasm is in the choices like to do the the Themyscira show is sort of like that's a weird choice. That's not a like I want to get the most eyeballs on this. That's like someone had a cool idea and they're like, you know what, let's go for it. And I think that's true of a lot of the other pieces he he mentioned today. I, I just, would argue, just to throw it out there with the Themyscira show, that it was like, hey, it's Game of Thrones meets DC, and David Zaslav, who loves franchises, was like, oh, can you put Harry Potter in there? What do you think? Yeah, maybe, I, but that's also like that's if that's their only pitch, that's not going to work. I, I just, I just wish, uh, you know, he would just say, "Listen, you're going to get 20 seasons of Peacemaker and about 85 Suicide Squad, so just buckle the fuck up." I'd be like, "Great, thank you." You mean yeah. he should call you personally and say that, or maybe <laughs> no, come into I, your bedroom and whisper think... it into your little ear when you go to bed at night? I Every think morning, he's... John Cena comes in doing the peacemaker dance. And... Oh yeah. man, glorious! I just think he killed it on that, and uh, I don't want him spread too thin, where then uh, you know things start to slide. No, because he's going to get spread. He's spread. Yeah. He's spread quite thin. Yeah, I'm but his about focus it. is going to be on the Superman movie. That's something mm -hmm. he wants to do. He is clearly making it the centerpiece and that's his sort of do or die project i feel like boo this is from youtube nelson martinez says have you guys seen the trailer for cocaine bear any interest in the story or movie i've been wanting to try cocaine bear for quite some time so. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think it's i mean i don't know this was a classic movie that is like probably way overhyped and maybe shouldn't have as much hype and we should it should sneak into our lives a little bit more than it is but i'm definitely yeah, gonna check it out i think it's like a snakes on the plane situation where it's just kind of hilarious and it, it, hopefully it'll be a fun fun movie my sourpuss take on it is 
regardless of the movie, and I hope if you see it and are excited about it, you enjoy it. But it's based on a true story about yep. a criminal who dumped a bunch of cocaine out of a plane, fell out of the plane, died. A bear ate a bunch of cocaine, went crazy, and died itself. And then they stuffed the bear and put it in a restaurant, and people buy cocaine bear merchandise while looking at its corpse. And that seems a little gruesome and not funny to me. That's America, baby, right there. That's, I was going to say the same thing, and that's how I plan to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait I can't, to be I, stuffed in a restaurant. I can't wait to go to your <laughs> restaurant and be like, I knew that guy. Yeah, the get stuffed with Justin. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Podcast mic in front. Occasionally, you'll like squeeze my hand, and I'll say, uh, I'll just go on a rant about Cyclops or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is from Nat Towson says, also about TC movies, I am, oh, did he, he's end up in the wrong direction. Maybe they did. Also about TC movies, <laughs> skeptical of a shared universe between live action and animation, as animation tie-ins are usually pretty stiff and poorly acted. What could Gunn do to make this work? What would you like to see that couldn't be done in a live action only universe? Oh man, I'd love to see like some sort of Roger Rabbit thing where they keep crossing back and oh, forth. Or God. dude, that no cool I, world. I had nightmares about that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. That's Roger everyone's... Rabbit, Cool World. Hmm. Well, I mean, this is tough because DC does such a great job with the animation normally. And so uh, you know, again, I'm just worried about know? things getting well, I'm sorry, what? Do they know what are you specifically referring to when you say they do it so well? Well, the Batman the Animated Series was sure, unbelievable. That was from several decades ago. Go sure. Uh, yeah, you know, there's Doom. There's a lot of amazing. Doom? Yeah. The video game? No, I'm talking about Bat- uh, Batman Doom. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, that one animated movie you watch? Yeah. There's Mask of the... There's a lot of... There's a lot of them that they did really well. Yeah. Batman the Animated Series, Batman Doom, so many. But oh I think what, what Nat is asking about is the Creature Commandos announcement was like, and they want to be able to do the animated show and use the same voice talent as the live action actors that they would have in the, the live action project. And I agree. When I read that, I was like, that's a weird idea uh, because you don't really see that. And also it's I think it's confusing. I, I think we like our animated stuff animated and we like our live action stuff uh, not live action so like the crossover just being like here's this animated show we like and now you can see them for real for real but the same voice talent feels like a weird like uh uncanny valley situation i think it's all right i mean it's what marvel is trying to do with what if and james gunn basically framed it in the same way where he talked about um he was like yeah and we're really hoping to have the same voices do it which sounded to be the same way that kevin feige was like we really hope to get tom holland we didn't but we really hoped to, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's fine. They can go back and forth. It's all good. Uh, these, I know there's an audience for the DC animated movies that are coming out and they did say that they're going to talk to them and try to figure out how they can make them work together, how they can work together. So there is more coordination there. It just, I don't know. It, this is where it starts to feel a little janky to me. Things like, that where they haven't really maybe they've figured it out more than they're saying but i kind of feel like we probably haven't the coordination between live action and animation they also initially said that there was going to be coordination with video games there was nothing about that in the announcement and video games take way longer to put together yeah. than movies and tv shows they should have announced that first instead james got the only thing that i saw him say about it he was like 
I don't know. It'll work like you have a Superman movie come out and a Supergirl movie in between that. Maybe you have a crypto game. And I was like, you got to start working on that right now, James Gunn. Well, we don't know. Go maybe the they already machine. have. Maybe they already have. And like, uh, like, who knows what the actual, what part of the process they're in. But I, I do agree. Like, also, it's a different skill. Being a voice actor is not the same as being a live action actor. And I think the quality of the show will vary if you're Yeah, but don't you, don't you feel if you're classically trained, you can do both? I mean, not really. All the voice actors that we love from our favorite animated shows that Pete was describing are not name movie stars from live action movies. Kevin Conroy could do both, you motherfucker. How dare you? How I'm not dare saying he you? he couldn't. I'm saying that he didn't. We didn't get that. He did. It's in the Arrowverse. That's true, 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 true. But I, I'm just saying, like, it's not the same. To call to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll just have everybody do everything is sort of like, well, the whole point of it is, like, it's different. So, like, if you want to be the best, just make it the best and don't worry so much about all of this being one thing. This is why the wheels are going to come off. I'm sorry. They're going to make a Superman movie, they're going to make a Batman movie, and then they're going to reboot the universe. I'm sticking with that. They're Prove gonna... me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. Yeah, the at, the wheels kids. will stay on. It's very funny to me that you're so convinced the wheels will come off when Marvel, the wheels have been on. The yeah. creative, that the wheels the aren't running quite exception. so good. That is the one exception. And the wheels of the bus, only, they go round and round. Defense, my only defense for the wheels coming off is, as Jason pointed out earlier in the show, the wheels have come off multiple times throughout history. So I'm only basing it on... Very recent, very frequent history when it comes to DC. Well, I, if you're driving a car and the wheels come off four times in a row, I'd make sure that fifth time those wheels are going to work. And if you bring in a whole new you're guy... You're staying with the same car, though. Just change the wheels. I, I, I'm sorry. It's the car that they have. And I would be like, okay, this time we're bringing in some people who understand wheels. And the wheels got to stay on. And it feels like their whole thing this time is like, okay, the, the wheels, wheels have yeah. to stay on this time. And maybe yeah. we get a horse. Bring in a horse. Yeah, we're we going to, just cars. to be clear, we're using at least one of the wheels for the previous iteration with the wheels that work. <laughs> That's still there. But as soon as that wheel falls off, we'll replace it with a new wheel, and it's fine. The, the, what they're Maybe do is part they're... of that wheel will become part of one of the new wheels. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fair. And to the, the Ezra Miller wheel is committing crimes while the car is going, <laughs> just to be Rolling clear. around town, just straight oh, up old ladies and stuff. All right, uh, real quick here. This is from Scott Carpenter. What comic that is below number 25 do you think will hit 100, or have we seen the last of a run of lasting that long? Wow. I think it's two different questions for, like, um, the major companies. The reboots do seem to be coming faster and faster. Um, and then for the, like, in Image Comics, you go to 100 is usually pretty shocking. So, like, I don't know. I think it is less likely that we will see a comic go that hard. Yeah, because they get picked up for TV shows after, like, the first issue. So it's really hard to keep a comic going. Well, I mean, I think there's that. But there's also, like, like we're saying, they keep getting rebooted. They uh, are creator-owned, like Pete is sort of intimating there. So they have an end point in mind anyway. But I don't think we see the last of it. You know, we're going to see some sort of Walking Dead that's an enormous hit that just goes on for a while. Just going to be a couple of years until it happens. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think Radiant Black, which is at issue 21 this week, will Ooh. hit 100. Mm. Interesting. That's mm. my call from, uh, right. from my I guess we'll see. How about this? Why don't we make a bet? What do you think is going to end first? Radiant Black or James Gunn's, my life. DC, James Gunn's DC Universe. 
Wow. Hey, Alex, you are you got a real heater on about this. Yeah, you want to see I you're ruined for failure, and I'll tell you why Alex that is no good. That is no good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I mean that's sort of a long cause Radiant Black to get to hundred is how many more years? Um lots. It's at yeah. twenty one. Eighty it's more math. issues. <laughs> yeah. That is what? Uh seven more years. Um, so that's a lot. So which one are you going with? Radiant Black or James Gunn's DC Universe, Justin? Oh, sorry, you six seem, more years. You seem um, pretty bullish on James Gunn going the distance, going longer than Marvel. He's, he's going a thousand years, James Gunn. Well, uh, James Gunn is a little different because I think he might he's eventually go pursue James. other things. I give James Gunn a five years, though, of solid work there. So it's a little bit less than um, Radiant Black at 100, but All right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Radiant Black is going to run longer than James Scott at DC. We're in total agreement oh on exactly God. everything. All right, this is from Kevin. What are your favorite depictions of games in comics? What are games you want to see done in comics? Oh, boy, mm. I'd love to see a Marvel Snap comic. I actually think they will do that at some point, probably. Mm. Um, games I'd, I'd like to com- see a Super Mario movie, mm. you know? But then they cast things that really make people upset, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, but the animation's really good, but then they kind of redo butts, you know? Redo butts? Yeah. What do you mean by redo butts? Well, yeah, Mario's probably. butt caused a lot of controversy, so they had to make it a little flatter. Oh, he had too much of a bubble butt? Yeah. He had a little nice. too much. Uh, you were getting too horny for Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Man. Cool. I feel I feel personally attacked by that comment. Well, that answers Kevin's comment, uh, question, I think. Um, Backgammon. <laughs> Backgammon. Oh, man. I was going to say, where's my Qbert uh, comment? Great. This, what do you like it, about Qbert? What do you like about Qbert? The swearing? Just the swearing? Yeah. yeah I love course, his bubble butt. I got to be honest. Always the yeah. swearing. Uh, from Kubert's Stanley, still talking about the James Gunn stuff over on YouTube. Are you excited for adapting Tom King's Supergirl series into a movie? First of all, this Stanley, this is not to put you on the spot, but this was bugging me all day from this DC announcement. You're so bothered. No, You're I so am bothered. bothered. It's Tom King and Bilkus Evely who yeah. was on the art, and it particularly bugged me. Like, I understand the varieties of the THRs and everything being like they're adapting Tom King's storyline. Even though they should know better, they don't know necessarily better. I even kind of understand James Gunn's announcement because he was working on the writing. Tom King was part of the writer's room where they're fleshing out the story. That they, He was like, Tom King's great Supergirl woman of tomorrow. But DC sent out a press release being like, hey, here's a link to some of the comics that might inspire, have inspired these storylines. And they were like, check out Tom King's run on Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. That pissed me off. That I was yeah. like, you couldn't spare the extra characters to put Bilkus Evely, who is integral to this run, let alone I mean, the other one that I thought... That art I, was... Phenomenal. The other one that I thought was absolutely animals. hilarious, and again, pointed to like, you're just not going to put uh, artists in here, is they talked about the authority. They can't mention Warren Ellis because you can't mention Warren Ellis anymore. And they also didn't mention Brian Hitch in the press release. So they were like... The authority created and written by no drawn by nobody, I guess. Check out this comic book. So well, very annoying. Yes, that is annoying. Tom King did tweet um, about uh, getting Bill Chris uh, some attention there. After I, I think... tweeted, after I tweeted, he saw my tweet. Yeah, oh, nice. take it. Take you're, it. You're the take it. you're the horse. A lot. You're, you're in horse, charge Alex. of Twitter, asshole. Take it I'm easy. I'm the king of Twitter. No, yeah. you're not. No, he, you he are not. He works with Elon. He works directly with Elon. 
Oh I do. My God. That's uh, not he handles the I'm the guy who's been advising him on his marriages. Oh my God. <laughs> Truth. Uh, you are horrible at your job, sir. Not doing great so far. Yeah. Uh, the Supergirl, though, to answer the question, I feel like it is also going to be a light adaptation of the comic. It is not going to follow the story. It's going to be like, hey, what if there was a, a person from Krypton whose life sucked after they left the planet? <laughs> it seems like what they're going with there. Not a lot of the very interesting nuanced storytelling um, from both Tom and Billquist in the comic. Uh, this is a very quick one over on YouTube from All in the Game. Will there be a JL Dark projects eventually that J.J. Abrams was supposed to have been working on? The answer is no. They stopped doing those, um, along with a lot of other projects that got killed in the turnover. And we got one last one here from Ben the Border Collie. Marry, fuck, kill, sex, spies, and rock and roll. Let's take it yeah. away. Marry, fuck, kill, sex, spies, and rock and well, roll. Well, you probably fuck sex, right? No. <laughs> wow, that was the most Pete sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, you probably fuck sex though, right? Eh? Come on, man. That's no. how it works, right? No, you marry sex, you fuck rock and roll, of course, and you kill spies because they're liars. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's pretty good. I'd uh, fuck them all, I guess. Wow, Alex <laughs> fucks them all. Fuck Another app, not like Pete's got his line. Dude, what Alex do you has uh, What do you want? Like Dayquil or something? Do you were fucking. Come on, get that snow off your butt, right, Patreon? You guys know what I'm talking about. He's on day and Nyquil, just yeah, doubling down, much. baby. You gotta, you got the Dayquil to keep you up, and the Nyquil to keep you down, and they just work. Really nice <laughs> oh together. boy, I'm just on yeah. quills. It's yeah, all good. That's it for the audience question. Quillins. We're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 to Midtown Comics Online or, of course, Long John Silvers for some reason. Uh, We just need a first hand up, a volunteer of any kind, uh, somebody with headphones to not make our life a living hell. You know. Uh, somebody to bravely step forward. We did get Nat raising his hand. I, you know, have we had him in the stream lately? It'd be fun to have him um, <laughs> in the stream. Do you, it's up to you, Pete. Do you want to invite Nat in to do trivia? I definitely don't, but uh, if he's the only, uh, uh how about comments with my kids? He's, uh, he hasn't been in before. Or that oh, person. wait. Oh, know. no. Oh, I already invited Nat. Okay, I'm going to invite Cal. <laughs> With my kids in. Uh, here we go. Wow, you can't do that. That's fucked up. That's no, no, that's fine. It's they're both fine. coming. And now they're both coming in. Not they're both coming in. Oh, they're that's the best way to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll not be absolutely. Straight bullet says you can still keep Nat. You're right. We can. We always do. <laughs> He's our kept man. Yep, pretty much. Uh, how are you guys doing while they're coming into the stream? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, we haven't seen each other testing, nearly in two, three. Much. Testing. Testing. Hey, there he yeah. is. Hey, how are you? Hello. All right. Uh, Nat's also going to come in at some point, but I'm going to give you over to Pete for some trivia. All right. Great. So today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Lisa Loring. R.I.P. Your dance was straight fire. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Which person has a trusty name, is a former booth man, and is the artist for Batman The Audio Adventures number five of seven? Is it A. Loyalty Lucas, 
B, Anthony Marquez, or C, Justin's mom? What? So My mom listens. listens. Oh, well, hey, 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 just a shout out to Justin's mom, making sure she's still listening. And the correct, uh, in case you're wondering, the correct answer is B, uh, <laughs> waiting on that answer. I'm going to say B. B is correct. That's right. Anthony Marquez, the former booth man, as well as an amazing artist, uh, still still doing it, doing his thing, which is very exciting. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, question number two. Skybound, Skybound is putting what popular webcomic into uh, what popular uh, yeah webcomic into print? Is it A. Ken Weatherwax, B. Extra Fabulous, or C. Normal Can Eat It? So A is not really an option, uh, or you could go with B. Extra B. Fabulous. Yeah, nice job. Uh, not many Garfield heads, I guess. Okay, moving I'm on. Here, I'm here for Nermal. She's heading you, to Abu Dhabi, if I know the rules. Uh, you didn't, uh... Okay, alright, you think Nermal's cool? Okay, not on that team. Alright. Uh, <laughs> here we go, last question. Who is getting into cereal? I'm sorry, I meant to say, who is getting a tabletop role-playing game? Is it A, Ray Kellogg, B, Marvel, or C, Alex Weirds Me Out? I got a feeling it's going to be B. B is correct. That's right. Marvel oh. is getting a tabletop game. Very exciting. I know a lot of people were wondering when that was going to finally happen. The time is now. I'm really curious what you mean by Marvel is getting a tabletop game. Uh, that they're developing a, a uh, tabletop role-playing game. I think there's a bunch of them. I have several upstairs. Alex. No, don't push you. it. Don't poke the mirror. Okay. I mean, what are you hoping for? I'm not sure. Uh, would you like a gift card to Long John Silvers or a gift card to Midtown Comics? I think I'll go with Midtown Comics. All Smart. right. Strong Smart. choice. Shoot Smart. us an email, comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we'll get you set up. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, great Thank to you. see you. All right. Thank there you. There we go. And Pete, what was your secret? movie uh well it was actually a tv show uh the 1964 uh original the adams family wow oh yes wow, of course that was wednesday adams the original uh-huh. wednesday adams died this week yeah. um Pete, i have a question for you mm-hmm. um nonsense has slowly overtaken every aspect of um mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. parts of the show that you um uh, mm-hmm. handle mm-hmm. Uh, where's the future though where's the next frontier in pete nonsense because in trivia for instance c's crazy now the other answer is crazy there's only one correct answer are you going to start speaking in a like a foreign language are you going to start wearing a hat like where's the next start step? wearing a hat i like, like how a that's top an hat or like a funny uh, beret i don't know what's the next move for pete's insanity well, I mean, that's the fun thing about doing a podcast for over 13 years. Uh, you know, you slowly go insane and people get to kind of witness it. You know what I mean? I will say it is over 13 years, but yeah. it's many more years than that. Yeah, it's also over 14, 15, and 16 years. That's correct, yeah. yeah. That's the fun thing about saying <laughs> over and then picking a number that you're sure about. You know what I well, mean? Well, number you're sure about is 13. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for over two weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> I just can't believe it. Well, as we all know, comics are coming out all the time. 
time. Oh, <laughs> was, wow. Was my and coffee. that's the end. What are Press you guys looking forward to? Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? Oh, man, thank you for asking. I'm really looking forward to where the monsters lie, number well, as well as Batman Legends of Gotham, number one. Just real quick, it's called Where Monsters Lie, number one from Dark Horse Comics. It's from Kyle Starks, who we had on a couple of weeks ago talking about that book. Justin, what are you yep. looking forward to? Great question. There is a lot of stuff coming out. Um, I have to shout out. I mean, there were a couple books that I really liked. Um, Scarlet Witch number two. Uh, oh, I thought yes. Was yeah, great. Good call, really man. strong premise, putting yes. Scarlet Witch in a very particular place. I really like the elements built around the character. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Star Trek number four, though, as well. Wow. This book is doing it all. If you have any passing interest in any Star Trek, but specifically Next Generation, I feel like that's the touch storytelling touchstone that this book is using. But they're going full like any dream uh, character and situation is being pulled in here. Def check it out. I'll give a shout out to two comics here. Blood Tree, number one from Image Comics. Yes, dude. By Peter and Jake Damasi. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. It's Nat Townsend. Oh, uh, son of a bitch. What's up, dude? Oh, the show just went out the window. I, uh, what's I, up, I bro? I can't hear you at all. This yeah, is working that's really fine. well, that's this fine. Crowdcast platform. Here, just real quick. Just real quick. Just, here, just real quick. Just real quick. Just, I'm going to remove you from this stage. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, it's great to see Nat. It is great to see that. It's great to see just his eyes. Image Comics, Peter J. Tabasi writing a mystery series, so that's always interesting to me. And I will also give a shout-out to Minor Threats, number four from Dark Horse Comics. Yes, yes. Great supervillain series from, uh, oh gosh, I just lost it. Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom. Uh, really enjoying it, and that's wrapping up this week. All hey, of those titles and many real, more. Yes. Real quick, do you think Nat was uh, there was some kind of closet he was in front of? It was really, it kind of almost looked like a dojo entrance. You know I, I mean? thought or, dojo too. I yeah. think he's actually he's at um, Eastman and Laird's shared home. Oh man, that would be the coolest place. I I hope Tom Waltz isn't there, or I swear (laughs) to God. Oh my God, swear to God, right, Pete? Back me up here, Pete. Nope, I'm not going to back you up. Tom Waltz. Tom Waltz is great. Mm. Wow. And all of those titles are going to be in our Stack Podcast that drops Wednesday at nine a.m. They sure are. And the Stack Feed, and that's it. For this week's shoe. Yeah. A couple of people want to thank Anish Patel for coming on. Check out Final Nine on sale now at Amazon. Also, Jeff Messer, check out Sex Spies and Rock and Roll Volume 3 on Zoop. Jason Inman, check out Super Best Friend on Kickstarter, as well as Geek History Lesson Podcast and all the other great things. Also, we want to thank uh, Comics with My, my kids, kids, as well as, well as Nat, Nat Thompson. Thompson. No, no, it was, it was probably, probably back back here. So so great, great. Yeah, get out of here. I, I swear to God. He's laughing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dojo. Next week on the show, Ari Gross. Oh, my God. Did you just drool on yourself? I'm coughing a lot. Kev Krakow is going to be here to talk Soup's Kukumach. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book Club Live on Instagram. Comic Book Club Live on TikTok. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night, folks. Take care of yourself. Hi, Justin's mom. How dare you. Very nice lady. Yeah, I got my